welcome to my podcast. Today we're going to talk about fiction and in our class we talked about literary discussion and literary elements such as words just like imagery which is how the author described a situation setting just so that way we could the readers could uh imagine what it looked like and also such as like foreshadowing and that was things that we were told uh more at the beginning of the story to see that we could see like happening further on in the story and uh, we also looked at gender lenses and reader lenses and historical lenses those are just pretty much how we could relate to the story or how other things can be connected like uh, a reader's lens is how personally we could relate um and then a gender lens is just like if they were talking about how back in like the 1800s women didn't have like not much rights but like compared to now women can be like oh I felt that like at the beginning even though it has changed like I felt that recently or we could use a historical lens and look at it from previous things that we've learned from history we also read a lot of short stories that brought up a lot of those so like uh the yellow wallpaper and um all of that out of the Bedford book. One of the main things that I focused on at, when I got out of this uh, section is the Dorian Gray story. That was kind of like the wrap of the, all the things because she really wanted to like test on what we knew about our literary discussions and how we could use the words and see if we could really, um, what it would Miss P would say is dive into the text. And... Pretty much, it asked about what true beauty was and what was art to people. And there's lots of symbols in the book, like the mirror and the painting. um, Like, the painting of Dorian Gray and whether that was true beauty or not. And throughout the story, it kind of got damaged because Dorian showed that he was not... um, Perceived as true beauty. Like, he was... He might have had um an outside beauty but on the inside he was like a horrible person and that was caused by one of the characters and he kind of was like um I wouldn't say the devil but he was kind of like that like you know the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other he was like that devil on the shoulder who's feeding him bad um ideas and thoughts um and a lot of the theme was materialism and social standards and aestheticism uh where he was more worried about what his social being was because back in England that's what people worried about they wanted to see what society thought of them and their image was everything um but yeah so that is all for episode one today thank you for listening to my podcast and stay tuned for episode two thank you Welcome to another podcast. We are going to be doing episode two of poetry, and I know what you're thinking of poetry, but it actually is pretty good. I used to think that the exact same way, just because I thought it was very limited, but um, everyone was like, it's so creative, and it's so great, but then like, they're like, no, you need to follow this, 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 and that, and it was, it was hard, but I really liked this unit because of how Miss P let us be creative with um, our word choice and our tone and mood as 
us the poets and reading lots of poems to get a feel for different things. Like my favorite poem was War Within Myself and it was by Daniel Kay and it was by a kid who submitted a poem and it was what I perceived it as is this kid was just like locked up in like society and that he could never get out of like what he thought and what people thought he was going to be and I really like that one because sometimes I could relate and um it was actually it was really it was really nice and then we had to write a explication essay on it and I was like and at the beginning if I thought I could write a full-on essay on a 20-line poem I could say no way but that was it was so easy and then we actually got to write our own poem and we actually got to write several poems one of it was my mom told me and I had a rhyme scheme and it was tone mood I used um metaphors and similes and it was pretty much just like oh my mom told me a whole bunch of this stuff and like she ended up just being right and then I wrote a story about like overall life and leaving home or I guess it was a poem not a story my bad but it was overall just like about leaving home and how am I going to be able to do this and it like was almost like every like two years and it actually kind of made my mom cry a little bit because like it was some of the stuff she actually said to me that I put into the poem and I only had to follow a format but there was like no there was a format, but I still could do whatever I wanted. There was no limit, and you're supposed to tell a whole story in as few words as possible, and I thought that is so cool, and Miss P always said, like, because we just got done with our fiction unit, so we got used to, like, diving deep into the text and, like, trying to pick everything apart and find what symbolizes this and what symbolizes that and, like, what kind of connections we can make with, like, other stories and other short stories we read or just with each other in general, but I had to learn not to dig in too deep like I wanted to, but not everything symbolizes something, and I really learned that with poetry, which was kind of nice, and I did I had a lot of fun with it, um... Like I said, War Within Myself was a really good one. I also liked, um, If. That was a really good one. And there was Money, Money, Money. And there was just so many poems. And we also did a March Madness thing, which was awesome. And, yeah. So, I would say do not try to judge too deep on poetry or other things in life just because you can't gotta dig into it before you can full-on judge it so thanks for listening to my podcast and stay tuned for the last and final episode of uh this series and i hope you have a great day Alrighty, welcome back to the last and final episode of college lit today we're going to be talking about william shakespeare and drama and i know i know it's just like a poetry thing like uh shakespeare like this is it's gonna take a while. I I I don't understand the language. Like there's this there's just a block and I get that. I I thought the same way. I thought about it because of Romeo and Juliet and I'm like, oh, it's so overhyped and overused. And just like poetry, we gotta give it a second chance. And I'm actually I'm actually really appreciating Shakespeare because he 
he really created literature. Um, almost everything related to Macbeth is used nowadays, like, not even just talking about, like, similes and metaphors, like, he was using stuff without even knowing he was, like, actually, like, gonna be, like, everybody was gonna be looking at this. He was, he was, he meant this play to be looked at for a play and not to be read and studied, so he didn't even realize what he was doing, like, in Act 2, Scene 1, Page 3, there was a rhyme scheme, and I doubt he was even, like, being like, oh, there's a rhyme scheme, you know? And this play is a mirror of society, because when he was when he was there, there was a king that was appointed by Queen Elizabeth on her deathbed, and he was the king of Scotland, and now he's the king of England. And she was trying to bring those people together because of wars that were, like, more like conflicts that were happening in England, being like, Who's going to take over the throne? Who is going to rule? So she wanted to bring the, those two together because she knew that those two countries... The, the two countries didn't get along too well. And she wanted to kind of stop the conflicts within the country. And everybody could like share and come together because they hate Scotland. So she was pretty smart about that. But anyways, this story is about a guy who... He was actually a really good guy, Macbeth, at the beginning of the story, and he he was a good soldier, and he was overall pretty good. But then he gets these prof- this prophecy from the witches, and then he count- becomes power-hungry to the point where he starts to kill people, and he kills to get into power, and his wife, Lady Macbeth, is totally manipulative, and she, she was the original power-hungry person because she kind of led him he was that devil on the shoulder just like for dorian gray she was the devil on the shoulder feeding him bad stuff and so he kills the king and so then he comes into throne and then he like that wasn't enough his best friend kind of thinks about him being the killer but nobody really knows and then he kind of gets that sense, but Banquo, his best friend, kind of leaves alone because he's like, no, he could never do that, but he could, and it was just, then he goes and kills Banquo, which is very sad because he is killing his best friend, and um, Banquo is a very good mirror of society because everybody wants to be a Banquo. And nobody wants to be Macbeth because Macbeth gives into temptation and bad things. He is giving into that devil. And Banquo is just trying to be a good man. And he is because he is loyal. He doesn't bring it up to his friend. He He's the ideal man and everybody wants to be Banquo. But everybody can agree that we give into temptation and we want to be like Banquo. But we sometimes can lean more into Macbeth. Some more than others, but... The the audience is seeing this, and um, also Shakespeare during this play, he was kind of trying to suck up to the king and being like, he used a lot of references, like the two scepters, trying to be like, oh, look, king, like, you are a good man, and yeah, stuff like that. And um, also, a connection I made because of Macbeth being like the first play and lots of things being referenced back to this play even now. Um, Dorian Gray and Macbeth are very similar just because they are willing to do anything 
and nobody's gonna stand in their way and just like I said like they both give in to temptation and they become very ugly inside and even though Dorian Gray doesn't show it like to other people Macbeth comes like actually crazy like in the movie we see him burning um a wife and children because he's gone total psycho um but Dorian Gray kills people kind of like behind doors and doesn't really we just don't get to see it uh the public doesn't get to see it as much as Macbeth shows it so but one of the references that Macbeth has used is like such as cutthroat and I put lots of little things like thanks uh Shakespeare or suspense we can thank Shakespeare for that and um being stabbed in the back um we can thank that to Shakespeare because um he also not only does he use this in Macbeth like brutal is equals brutus stabbed in the back and he doesn't just use it in Macbeth he uses it in Romeo and Juliet with Romeo kills Tybalt and Romeo kills Paris lots of things and when we are just like, oh, I feel like I've been stabbed in the back by a friend. This is what this is what we mean. It's coming back all the way back into oh the early on ages of just Earth in general. Like it's crazy. Um, and I've never really appreciated Shakespeare until now because I thought I thought Shakespeare was just this the guy who wrote this okay play about Romeo and Juliet. But really, I've learned to appreciate this. And yeah, so well, that is it. I learned a lot this semester, and thanks, Miss P. Uh, I hope you liked listening to my podcast. Have a great day. Bye.